Welcome to the Guernsey Daily, I'm Ollie Gu. And I'm Rob Byrne. In under a week's time, we should know which candidates will form the new state's assembly. In the meantime, we're continuing to bring you the build-up to Guernsey's historic 2020 election. Yep, not long now till uh, the Guernsey Daily's reason to exist disappears and your your life is left empty and devoid of a quality news podcast once more. I think they'll cope. Ollie. Um, anyway, uh, coming up on today's show, we hear from a clinical nurse specialist, Steve Mundy, who's been involved in the nurses' hustings. There are now some 50 uh, plus uh, candidates signed up as nursing champions, and we've made it absolutely clear to them that we will hold them to account over this. We'll also hear from Richard Skipper, who hopes his skills as a pub landlord will serve him well in politics. When you hear people's issues and uh, all they're going through and things that I've gone through myself, you just think, yeah, I can A, get involved with that and, and B, stand up and be counted. But first, this election has not been short of political satire. And one of the more hilarious outings is that of the faux candidate Tony Barrett. Um, he's emerged with a a very unique take on a political campaign. And because he's more funny than us, Rob, um, you know, if, if you can believe that, we've decided to um, make a feature essentially getting laughs at jokes which aren't ours. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much what we do every episode, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we, well, he's been sharing a, a string of amusing Facebook posts. Uh, let's start with his poster about public sector pay. It points out the positive impact of our public sector superheroes and he argues that they should be fairly paid. Not with cash, though. Not not paid with mm. cash, because we haven't got any, he says. Um, he says a few <laughs> better ideas uh, include nurses receiving shares in a state-backed cooperative manufacturing thank you cards. And these will be sold in shops for the price of one round of applause. <laughs> ah, yes. A clap for the carers. I remember that well. Uh, for teachers, on seeing a former teacher in the high street, ex-students will be mandated to prostrate themselves on the cobbles in a display of gratitude for the education uh, they now use to make money out of arcane corporate asset holding structures, he says. possibly <laughs> be talking about. We actually made a joke about this uh, early on. He says police officers, following the success of their recent YouTube video, will be given starring roles in a new high-octane Netflix series in which they pursue bazooka-wielding hedge-veg thieves through the Ruet Tranquille at speeds in excess of 25 miles an hour. <laughs> Actually, on that, Ollie, I've uh, I've submitted an access to public information request to find out how much that video cost, how many applications they got as a result of the campaign, all sorts of different things. And I should be getting the response before the election. So it'll be interesting or before the election results. So if we uh, do get that beforehand, we'll, we'll share it with you. Um, on and if we don't, then week. you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> You can just assume it was rejected, like all my other requests. Um, now, uh, Tony Barrett's also uh, got a Build Your Own Manifesto, where you can write in the issues that affect you that you want addressed uh, by him if he gets elected. I do implore you to try filling it out. He really does offer something for everyone. Yeah, he's uh, also been enjoying meeting the people as well, because he posted... Um, Great canvassing yesterday. Lots of people expressed nuanced opinions about complicated subjects, which is great because I can now steal them and pass them off as my own. And now other strategies uh, Tony includes providing an I'm sorry I'm late bloody road closures t-shirt to all drivers affected by Guernsey's many diversions. Yeah, very useful. Uh, the introduction of a £100 leg tax so the states can make money from pedestrians too. Though I understand that idea got some pushback from the Guernsey Millipede Alliance Party <laughs> and Guernsey Babies Partnership Alliance and the Guernsey Party of Independent 
pirates. Yeah, amazingly, um, I, I, I can't believe this, but people didn't haven't immediately realised uh, that this was satire. So when I Tony saw, mentioned, yeah. <laughs> he mentioned enforcing a £10,000 fine to cyclists, basically just for being cyclists, and people commented things like, although amusing to read this, it cannot be serious. A political manifesto abusing and alienating so many voters, although I agree with some of those thoughts, I don't believe they should be shared. Well, very nice of them to agree and share the fact that they agree, even though they <laughs> think it shouldn't be shared. And then and then one of them, one of the comments was, you're pathetic. Um, and, and there have been plenty more than that, taking umbrage with his um, quote unquote pledges. Uh, I seem to remember some people seriously asking for his policy on education as well. Um, and uh, finally, a, a decision I think many will support. Tony promises to ruthlessly cut staffing across the civil service until the only people remaining are Dr Nicola Brink as chief policy advisor and her dog Harvey, who will make all future administrative decisions. Definitely something I'd be voting for. Uh, so, Ollie, I've got some disappointing news for you. Mm. The party debate on the podcast isn't happening. No. Much to my... Well, admittedly, I left it a bit late in the day. <laughs> but um, we were hoping to get a representative of the Partnership of Independence, the Guernsey Party and the Alliance Party together to do a debate uh, that we would put out in the coming days. Now, some challenges in terms of doing that obviously logistically people are busy getting them all in the same place at the same time um we were hopeful though because the partnership of independence through deputy gavin st pierre had agreed in principle to taking part as had the guernsey party through mark hellier who also appeared earlier on the show uh now what happened yesterday was i was hopeful that we would be able to sort this um however uh mark hellier uh, sort of felt that it was a bit too late in the day and that he didn't want to do it anymore despite that earlier commitment. The Alliance Party, who have been, let's be honest, quite difficult to get hold of for anything. So you actually uh, managed to get through to them? I managed to speak to Barry Weir on the phone, yeah, which in itself I think is quite an achievement. So um, <laughs> and when I did eventually get to speak to him, uh, within about sort of 10 seconds of me suggesting that he take part in it, he told me he was not interested before I even really explained what it was we nice. were trying to do. I then sort of had another crack at it, trying to convince him that it was worthwhile. Um, you know, in fairness, the, you know, they, they do have a lot of different ways of engaging with the electorate, and this is just one, and, you know, it's their decision whether they want to do that or not. But yeah, so he wasn't interested either. So it only really left Deputy Gavin St. Pierre as the only... Uh, representative of a party who is still willing to do the debate, but obviously uh, a debate might be, might be with tricky one to person. Do it with one person <laughs> <laughs> might might resemble the interview a little bit like we had uh, earlier. And you know, there is also you know uh, the issue of uh, candidates coming on more than once. So um, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's not going to happen, and it leaves us with a bit of a conundrum as to what we do for the remaining episodes as well, because you know there is an issue in terms of you know, what we put out on on voting days um, and whether that is a 
particular advantage to that candidate. You know, others might see it as a disadvantage because a lot of people have already voted. But yeah, we're going to have to go away and have a bit of a think about what we do for our remaining episodes. But have no fear, there will be some episodes. At the very least, there'll be some reaction to uh, the election results. Yeah, whether you like it or not, Guernsey Daily will continue for another week or so. Um, And we are continuing for a, a little time then with some candidate interviews. And next up, we have independent candidate Richard Skipper. So I've come to the plough in where Richard Skipper is the licensee. Licensee, landlord. Landlord. Um, so you'll be known to islanders pulling them pints. Yes, um, I think so. Oldest pub in Guernsey, so I guess uh, people know where we are. Yeah, we've been here for a little while, and I've been here nearly six years now. And tell me, have any of the conversations you've had with your patrons spurred you into deciding to stand as a deputy? It's the very first thing that happened, basically, um, because where else do you discuss life and um, the circles of life than in a pub, basically? Um, they say you shouldn't talk about football, religion or politics, but um, that never happens. It happens every day, five minutes, every five minutes. And what sort of things do people talk about that you've thought, right, I need to do something about this? I think uh, in demographics of the of, of the plough is that we're in a in a, a very low income area. You know, cheap housing, some unemployment or low unemployment. Uh, sorry, low employment. Sorry, perhaps a bit more dependency on on other things like alcohol and and other, other substances. I have to say that quite happily. So it is an area that is in in quite a bit of need. Um, so it they come out loud and clear, you know, just by walking about um, and just by uh, engaging with the community almost. Yeah. So. And what's your story? How long have you been here, and and, and what brought you in, into this world? Um, okay, so um, I was born in Oxford and uh, moved to Brighton, and uh, was raised in Brighton, um, educated in Brighton, um, and my sole purpose in life was to join the navy. Unfortunately, I didn't get in because my eyesight was poor and it was also a time where the the current government (laughs) we'll talk about government later I'm sure the current government were uh, streamlining the Ministry of Defence was being cut completely um, under Margaret Thatcher's reign and so numbers reduced in that particular year and the following three or four years so unfortunately I missed out so my whole world kind of got a bit devastated after that really and why was it you wanted to join the navy um it was a little bit in the blood my uh, my father was in the navy my grandfather was in the RAF so there was a lot of armed forces backgrounds we were kind of force-fed navy days and trips down to Portsmouth to see um the victory and then other ships that were that were parked there um so yeah exactly um exactly that was the only reason and the kind of the high seas adventures and the travel i guess as well um and and some of the disciplines as well and you really. made it across the channel to guernsey yes i did yeah i came over in uh, 1987 when i was 22 um to work at uh, another pub basically it was my first time in a pub my friend moved here and said come on over you're not doing very much <laughs> i was actually working and uh, enjoying life to an extent, but could see that maybe a little bit of a change was needed. So decided for myself that I'll, I'll give it a six month shot and, and that could have been done in a pub and I lived in, so um, I'm still here. <laughs> and what is it that's kept you here? Um, well, I did get married um, to a, a local girl, the children of, um, sorry, the mother of my children. Um, get that the right way around, shouldn't I? So yeah, so I, I, you know, that was, that exciting times and uh, raised three children here a uh, girl and two boys who are the light of my life um, so I stayed here um, even though unfortunately we, we, we got divorced um, 
I wanted to stay here for them basically. Bit tricky at the beginning with housing etc but we got through that one and uh, eventually I qualified as a local resident. Does that issue come up at all, that you're not originally a local? It's something other candidates have talked about. Uh, strangely not. I think most people think that I am local, <laughs> which is with the unusual local surname. Um, I think it's because I've perhaps been involved with quite a, uh, quite a few projects on the island um, since I've been here. And um, I think a lot of people think that uh, he's been around a while, so it maybe he is. I always say I'm too tall to be local, which doesn't go down very well. But... Um, it, it has to be said. <laughs> yeah, I think my shortness is the only clue to my localness because my surname isn't uh, <laughs> isn't particularly Guernsey. Um, one thing that comes through in your manifesto is is community. It's mm. something you're clearly quite big on. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I've, I've very much been... Um, I mean, it kind of started when I was younger again and um, parents forced us to go to... Um, to church Salvation Army on a Sunday afternoon so they could have some them time and uh, we could we could get out basically and I actually really enjoyed it um, I didn't I didn't strike too much with the whole kind of religion side at the time but I, I really enjoyed the stuff that they were doing and the stuff they were doing was um, even back in, in the 80s and 90s was uh, uh, was going out in the streets and in their own way Salvation Army and serving whether that was in a band context um, I learnt to play the, the bugle a little bit um, but it was more their kind of talking to people knocking on people's doors um, seeing the, you know, quite some needy areas in Brighton um, to the point that they still do that now and I think that whole side of the, the church bit has always fascinated me and I think it's always stuck um, the kind of whole love thy neighbour thing really so so I guess the the answer to your question is that the, the plough really has given me a platform to really express that even more so. Um, it's become a real hub. Although some people even listening may not have heard of it, even though we've been here like 210 years, the pub's here 210 years, it's always been kind of a really central focus pub, if you like. So when you're interviewed by the brewery, they ask you exactly the same question, what are you going to do with it? You're not just going to sell beer, you need to get people in, how are you going to draw them in? So the word community jumped into my head um, and, and sort of raised itself and convinced the brewery that I was first time landlord um, and I'm still here so yeah it's going all right and what how would you try and manage the two you know potentially alongside the good question if you're yeah that's a good question and one I've uh, wrestled with before I'd even contemplated before I sort of uh, put my name in into the ring if you like um, fundamentally I'll, 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 I'll do what I need to do here because I've had even some of my customers saying they're not voting for me if I, if I, if I leave really? the pub yeah oh, if you leave so the we've pub. had a discussion about that yeah not the other way around um, so no, that's been really interesting but I will do I will do what I call the, the highlights of the of the week which are like the meat draws and we do a lot of quizzes um, so um, we've just done a cake sale for Macmillan so we try and reach out as, as much as we possibly can um, we've had coffee mornings in here um, the place is used in this room is, is used for groups that want to meet together whether they're from the church or from the welfare or from the welfare so it's it, there's a bit of harp going on now which is great so to answer your question uh, I'd have to make a very quick decision and make a quick appointment um, for the daytimes and I've got a couple of people in mind who are saying yeah something we can seriously consider and then made up with the part-time crew that I've got as well so how do you think being a landlord in a pub sort of figures in the minds of voters has it come up much um it hasn't i mean i've got i've got two ladies that are on a campaign team that keep me in check um, who don't actually drink in the pub and i was all for going a publican for the public and and they're like no Murray. no 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 you've got to be careful how you appeal to people one of those kind of things but i think it's the engaging side it's, it's massive really and i think when i looked at the 
the job description, if you like, of a, of a deputy and the role. And then looking at the current ones and those gone by, people like Eric Waters, etc. They were kind of real men for the people. Um, so men and women for the people, sorry. So I, that's what I'd like to be known as if you like someone that can say that you've got issues with it there are lots of current deputies that do get involved with community life and perhaps it's not highlighted as much as it possibly is i think you're being quite diplomatic <laughs> I, I, I mean again this, again this isn't something that i'm saying but mm. it's, it's something that i'm hearing is that a lot of the, the current assembly and assemblies past mm. haven't necessarily been in touch with the issues that are affecting islanders that they perhaps don't you know come into contact Mm. with in a way that perhaps you might yeah i hear what you're saying i think i think i think i would say if you're allowed to say backbenchers there are people that i would say i've taught the carapel brothers for argument's sake who are very much involved with the parish levels and there's a couple coming through now and i'm not going to name them because i don't want them to get in (laughs) (laughs) they're in competition at the moment so um we'll talk about that another time but it's there are people that are there are generally concerned for people but maybe just got bogged down in committee and bogged down with flip-flopping as it's so so broadly spoke about at the moment and you know, procrastinating over situations and not really saying guys we need just to get on with that um, and they by their own admission the, the current the outgoing states if you like have said you know we just have not got hold of some of the situations and really wrestled them and it's a danger that, that could happen again um, unless you get the right caliber of people in that can actually wrestle and deal with basically it's partly about the people mm. it's partly about the system of government which is something that crops up time and time again sure. um, do you have any ideas about how government can be more decisive more efficient do you as an individual do you think there's any way you can possibly help try and change that um it's a really good question um i be coming from the uk obviously every every country has got its own way of dealing with things really i mean i I've seen governments come and go in the UK, good and bad ones. Um, I wouldn't flag up party politics in, in Guernsey, although we have some sort of system of party thing happening at the moment, um, which still... You never considered that? Uh, I had talked to two, two separate parties about being involved, um, one that approached and one that I approached them, just to see how, how what the matrix was, um, but didn't feel comfortable um, because of my wanting to be a people's deputy um, and getting stuck in with people. Um, and they can't do that. I think they can. I'm just a bit concerned how how that's going to work when they've all got different mandates. Um, I think there's one that's just sold out for that's their ideals. They're going for that, and they'll they'll live and die by the sword on that one. Um, uh, the other one really is, is is broader and have all different mandates. They're all all got their own ideas, got their own ethos on life, and probably would fall out on on lots of things so I I didn't want to fall out with people before I'd even started so it's important for me to stake my individualism at the beginning without making enemies because you the system is that you can't make enemies because once you actually get in you still need allies um, because I I'm I'm, I want to get involved with stuff and if I've upset people on the way I'm not sure how that's going to work so yeah and what would be your priorities if you were to be elected um i think um strangely enough people might find it a bit strange after talk about community stuff but home affairs um and that's kind of the old home department and because there's still loads of work to be done there um and they boldly say they uh, looking for the outside in haven't wrestled lots of issues um although in talking in, in talking to some of the committee members they they have been very very frustrated with um because lots of the stuff has to bounce off 
some of the things that are going on in the UK as well. And if the UK are changing things every five minutes, which unfortunately is probably the most one of the most unstable situations in Europe or out of Europe, as it might as it will be soon, then are we going to be following any real guidance from them too much? What sort of issues are we talking about then? Um, I, I guess kind of just to hold a, the hold sort of the border control, housing population, um, uh, the, the sentencing of of folk, um, how we deal with our you know rehabilitation, rehabilitation of offenders act, etc. Um, looking at the whole kind of like border control as well is, is pretty massive. Um, sea fisheries and our borders and our boundaries are pretty, pretty much come under that remit really so it's quite quite a broad remit what about sentencing have you got any views on um i it's very mixed it seems at the moment it seems like uh, there are some things that are upsetting the public um an awful lot where some people see that that should be more relaxed and that should be not quite so relaxed really so it's it's a difficult one um the judges the judges are there to do a job so i don't think government get involved with the judgment of people going in or not going into prison basically or serving sentence or being suspended or or doing community service so i don't i don't think government has any say in that largely i can see that perhaps um, one one area that concerns me mostly is uh, within home department is the police numbers and the police presence on the island um, and we can also see cars driving around and, and they're doing their job absolutely doing their job on patrol etc um, i would just like to see a lot more engagement with people on the old community policing comes More back Bobby's into on the it. Beach. yeah Bobby's on the beat I think it's just the whole I mean I, I know whether people are you know uh, wary of a policeman coming down the road I know certainly in our day we were you know we had to sort of shh, shh, copper coming sort of thing really so um, I think maybe things if things are kicking off in town for argument's sake then maybe um there should be a, a bit more thought there's no real link with the police and, and and our industry whatsoever as it stands now that's not particularly anybody's fault but it is a project that i'd like to look at um because uh they're very important the people in town they don't want people to get out of control that's not their job is to make them drunk and disorderly um and sometimes you can pick up other people's drunk and disorderly so and that's i don't get that here because i'm out of town but i can imagine just i just send them in <laughs> send them into town uh, yeah still in St. but on the outskirts of town so i think that's another another link more bobbies on the beat etc i think the the police presence is important just on that and it goes back to something you said earlier about you and the, the thought that you had about your campaign and whether you are the you know the publican for the people. Did you worry that that association of of being someone who basically <laughs> provides alcohol yeah. as, as much as it's an important focal point in a community sure, sure. that some people will will not like that? Yeah, it, that that all those things went into the melting pot right at the beginning um, because uh, those those views and they were they were my views they weren't other people's views no nobody ushered that to me at all but uh, they were my views and they're all the the when you do a plus and minus you know the, the good and bad points about things um, that's big SWOT analysis about the whole thing really it was really really important and um, I, yes alcohol is a difficult one isn't it because obviously it can become 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 uh, quite dangerous for some people it, it's it's probably easier in a local to understand where people are at and and uh, understand their their own limits and um, be able to talk to people and people are very very good at listening when they're at certain stages in their drinking if you like i mean what was absolutely paramount was during lockdown where people actually missed 
the fellowship or the togetherness or the community of being together and that's all we try to, to strive here you know I, I obviously I need a wage and I need to make profit um, but fundamentally I, I you know and to live but I, I want to provide a service and a service is that we people come together you know whether it's here or a church or it, it brings people together um, and that social aspect is massively important and was missed more than anything else in lockdown it seemed and you must be therefore i imagine quite grateful that when lockdown did end mm. and ended much sooner here than it did in other places and the sort of internal economy could start going sure. again that the punters started coming back through the door yeah yeah i mean they were banging on the door um, so <laughs> uh, yeah, and we were waiting for the door to be opened as well so it was uh, we you know it was it's tricky time i i you know i'm a partner pub to a to a brewery but uh, i'm effectively self-employed so i was i was you know, prone to having to apply for uh, furloughing etc etc I just I, I managed to get a job in a shop so for me that was a, a safety net helped pay my rent etc but I lost I lost quite a bit during I lost stock so yeah I think yeah it, it, it people were not desperate for us to open but it was people could understand why I think even government would understand that the pub is a hub and um, people need to socialize um, I think gone into winter time we would have been a bit of trouble really and how has that experience informed your view of how the island's government has dealt with the whole coronavirus thing? Mm, good question again. Um, were they, hand on heart, I think they handle it spectacularly well. The whole thing's been really, really good. I haven't got an issue with them. I, um, I was party to emails and a couple of meetings with the Guernsey Hoteliers Association. And there were some obvious frustrations from them because they were way down the list of opening and obviously with the borders not being open other ones that are suffering right now as are the taxi drivers we, we have a taxi driver that, and, and he without furlough would be struggling but I haven't met many people that are opposed to anything that uh, the, the civil contingency uh, department if you like authorities have actually uh, legislated really I think we've, we've done very very well What about a degree of hope in terms of there being greater movement between here and the UK do, do you have any solutions as to how Guernsey gets away from say a 14 day quarantine or do you think that has to stay for the foreseeable um, I think it has to stay although that, that could, uh, my son's going at university so Christmas time could be, could be really, oh really yeah so it could be tough first year or no he's gone back to do his masters basically so he'd been done a bit of travelling and, and did a bit of work in London and New Zealand um, but decided he wants to do his masters now which is great um but we've already asked the question. He's, he said, "I don't. We don't know. Nobody knows yet. Come Christmas, it might be. But it's likely that there'll, there'll be a isolation time when he gets back. It's up to him if he makes that move. Really, largely, we can. You know, my family is still in, in, in the south of England, so he could he could hook in with them if if he needs to. So, but yeah, I think it's it's. I, I think the, the way we're playing it at the moment is is fine for me. I'm happy with it. It's it's keeping us safe. It's keeping us secure. Um, and I think the only frustrations are is people are, it's not here the, you know, the COVID's not here but the, we've got to be careful that it doesn't it doesn't manifest itself out there because it, it could do and it, and it doesn't you know it will thrive on, in the cold weather so and we'll have enough issues with schools being very very tightly knit and making sure their children are not sniffing and coughing and whether this is and uh, but they've been I've heard you know spoken to teachers and parents and they're on the ball pretty much at the moment so and final question from me, you come across as a very reasoned person, you're a, you're a landlord, you listen to people clearly and their problems. 
do you have the the drive for change that people are looking for yeah definitely i mean uh, this this just comes out of that really i think that when you hear people's issues and uh all they're going through and things that i've gone through myself you just think yeah i, I can a get involved with that and, and b and stand up and be counted i mean I've, I've been found a little bit wanting in hustings only because of lack of real knowledge of things that have gone on in the past I, I know where we're at as an island um, but I think sometimes you don't remember what bill was passed in what year etc when some of my my previous candidates or the previous candidates do know so um, I, I'm certainly passionate about the idea I'm still I'm very happy about standing up to be counted um, I'm, I'm more proactive than reactive I think I, I would go out I would definitely go out to find out I mean, one of my one of my little projects, if I do, if I am successful, is is um, we talked right at the beginning about deputies being being open and transparent, and and also just kind of being available. Really, I mean, we, it's understandable now it's election fever, so everybody's out and about. The media's flooding us with certain people all over the place, which is fine. You would expect that, and um, we're all doing that. You know, I'm, I'm different places at different times of the day and night, so that's good. We need to do that. Um, but I'd like to see us uh, a little bit more in with the public. It's a small island. There's no reason why we can't do that. Um, so one of my plans is to, if I do get in, is to uh, rent out one of the town outlets as a coffee shop, uh, which would be a deputy coffee shop. Basically, it could be a drop-in. Uh, it will be it will serve as a come and have a chat. If there's anything that's really a real burning issue, or we might just put something on the window. So we're talking about education on Thursday. Come and have a chat. Just we need to get some views. I'd like your points of view as well. There'll be three of us in here. Um, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning or Tuesday afternoon come down have a chat put the kettle on and um, maybe sell a few DVDs and stuff to help pay the rent for it but uh, effectively it'd be my way of giving back I'll use my wages to for the rent of it if you like so it's might sound a bit pie in the sky but I think um, people have just becoming a candidate has raised my profile I can't work, walk down the high street now without being stopped and it will be very nice or very uh, will be very Guernsey um, some tough questions being asked um, but some have asked me that same question really but I think my passion would be enough to, to drive me forward I'm, I, you know this is my first business so I wouldn't say I'm a, um, a successful businessman I'm not a director of only this company a limited company only this one but I'm a, ex-sportsman I played quite a lot of volleyball when I was a bit younger so I'm, I, I won't go into to do well in all sports in all walks of life really so I certainly make some noise I was talking to um, a candidate at, which has been to the grammar school talking to the students and um, she's she's very very clear that um, my name's out there and, and some people have asked that same sort of similar question can he convert that into that um, that's a good we, one but we'll find out <laughs> hopefully next week okay Richard Skipper thank you very much thank you very much finally let's hear about the issues facing the island's nurses my name's uh, Stephen Mundy I'm chair of the local branch of the RCN the Guernsey branch of RCN I'm a nurse uh, nurse specialist in my day role um, I've been in post in this role for coming up 10 years now and 20 years served as a nurse. And so um, what, what has the situation been like for nurses? Uh, you know, it's, it's we've heard a lot from politicians, uh, politicians who are sort of 
I, I think some people have said on social media, jumping on the nurses bandwagon. So people who maybe appeared to not be interested in the plight of nurses and the, you know, the poor pay until they decided to um, go electioneering. But obviously um, what's really sort of brought nurses pay, especially into the mainstream at the moment, is the COVID crisis. What's the situation been like for nurses during this coronavirus uh, pandemic? I'd like to take it before then, actually, because um, unless politicians have been blind to uh, uh, the opinion of the public uh, for the last two years, we have been campaigning publicly for at least that period. The pay campaign goes back decades. There are press cuttings dating 20 years plus old, highlighting the pay disparity. And that is too long for any working group to be subject to unfair conditions. And and so do you think, um, because we're always looking for, for silver linings from the pandemic, because, you know, we, we, we've got to see what light there is at the end of the tunnel. Do you think it, in a way, has been good for nurses because it's highlighted just how important they, they are in society? This has always been important within society, but society doesn't value them or some persons within society do not value them. There needs to be a societal change about the perception of what a nurse does. That can only come, A, from the people, how people perceive the nursing profession, because we are a profession, but also from the government. And there needs to be a long-term plan in place. So nursing uh, is seen as a viable career and a valuable profession. And so do you agree with some of the the social media pundits who who believe that candidates are now only talking about nurses' pay because they want to, uh, you know, jump on the quote-unquote bandwagon. Do, do you think that's what's happening? I've no doubt there are some uh, politicians who feel they can get away with that, with the bandwagoning, but we have made it absolutely clear to uh, everybody who's signed up. There are now some 50-plus uh, uh, candidates signed up as nursing champions, and we've made it absolutely clear to them that we will hold them to account over this. There is no getting away from this. There is no getting away from the will of the electorate. We had a very, very good meeting, uh, Hustings, last night with uh, multiple, lots of candidates turning up. And they left after a very, very good conversation with all of us um, that were present with suggestions and ideas and a clear focus how to take things forward should they be elected. We, we were present at the Gilale Library uh, last Wednesday. Uh, there was only one standing politician which actually skirted uh, the answers. We asked a simple question: How will you, if you are, if you become a nursing champion, how will you take our cause forward in the states of deliberation? The majority came back with the appropriate answers, i.e., questions to the House, amendments, and requests if necessary. There was only one politician a current member of PNR that skirted the issue. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, on the surface with um, candidates potentially signing up to, uh, to to agree with what you're saying, it's been a long time in the making, but maybe finally something might change. But then you think on the flip side, promises are fleeting, uh, politicians change their mind. Do you think, are you hopeful that something has changed that will uh, allow what you're hoping to be moved forward? We are hopeful. We are fully open to engagement uh, and uh, you know talks with whoever becomes incumbent. 
We are hopeful. We don't know what the future will hold. We hope that the new incumbents will have some level of integrity, which we will put to the test. And so short of um, an increase in, in pay, what more needs to be done to value Guernsey's nurses? That's laid out quite simply in our manifestos. Uh, we have a six-point manifesto, um, which all candidates uh, that have come to our hustings are aware of. Uh, it's a six-point uh, uh, manifesto focusing on leadership, careers, terms and conditions, a review of, uh, pay parity, and health and care provision. So future-proofing at a strategic level and operational level, uh, the, the, the increase in needs for mental health and all other uh, health uh, uh, service components, and healthcare regulation, which I believe moves were made in the States uh, in 2019 to introduce healthcare regulation, but it's not gone forward. Yeah, and you say you're going to hold them to account, uh, whoever ends up being elected. How exactly are you going to hold them to account? They've given their word, have they not? They need to hold themselves to account. But we, we, we do have a plan in hand. We'll be asking the new incumbents to meet with us very shortly after uh, they've been placed uh, uh, in the States. And we will be asking them to honour this uh, uh, pledge that they've made to us to be, to be nursing champions and let their words speak for themselves after that. Okay, so um, all in all, it, it sounds like a, a pretty positive outlook for um, the, the uh, you know the future for nurses in Guernsey. What sort of timescale are we looking at in terms of uh, improvements made? And a lot of people compare the situation uh, between Guernsey and Jersey, where Jersey's nurses are paid you know a, a lot more. Do you think we'll be on par with Jersey anytime soon? Do not want for us to be on par with Jersey. A starting nurse, a newly qualified uh, a band five nurse in Guernsey, starts on just over £29,000 for a, a degree level. We do not wish to be on parity with Jersey, which their starting band five nurse have a uh, pay award of £43,000. So a significant difference. But as we've always stated through our campaign, it's not about us and Jersey. It's about parity with, uh, you know, like-for-like workers within the states. Um, we've laid it out clear in our manifesto and on the nursing champion form that we wish for this pay disparity to be addressed within the first three years of the new incumbent's first term of office. This has been going on far too long. It's been going on for, for far too long, for decades, and. It's not right. It's not fair. Fundamentally, it's not right. Well, Stephen Mundy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining the Guernsey Daily Podcast. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the podcast's audio manifestos too in the same place that you found this episode. To get in touch with the show, find us on Twitter at Guernsey Daily or email theguernseydaily at gmail.com. Remember, the full list of candidates is available on election2020.gg. And check us out on Guernsey Community Radio, who we're proud to be partnered with. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.